When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone? Hey, in this episode of Master Your Mindset Podcast, we sit down with Graham Betchart, a.k.a. Graham the Guide, a phenomenal mental skills coach who's been around for a while. And he started with a company he created called Play Present that morphed into an amazing platform called Lucid Mental Training. Check out the app. Uh, He's now uh, involved with uh, Train the Mind uh, with some other pro athletes. Uh, He's written a book. Um, he was a mental skills coach for several years in the NBA and he's mentored and coached uh, top NBA number one picks for several years and he's a wealth of knowledge and I love it. He's just, just different and his approach is so unique and it's so impactful and he's using his passion uh, in music really to teach the mental game, which we'll, we'll get into. Um, but, uh, earmuffs, ladies and gentlemen, we got so passionate about this conversation. There was some colorful language. So, um, if you have kids with you, just be aware, uh, parental advisory, uh, in effect, uh, but we care about you. You're amazing. I can't wait to sit down with a guy that I've learned from uh, for several years. I've really studied and watched uh, the Crave stuff he's done. And guys, you will get so much good stuff today in this episode. But let's go. Let's learn from Graham Betchart. <laughs> Welcome back to Master Your Mindset Podcast, episode 111. Let's go. He resides in the Bay, and it all started with just play. Then Lucid, and now Train the Mind. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Graham the Guy. In today's mental workout, you will learn that in order to lead, it all comes down to next play speed. And when you make a mistake, don't clown or frown. It's all about palms down. Train your mind to be where your feet are. Just breathe and let yourself free. In today's lesson, learn how to control the controllables, and always remember, victory goes to the vulnerable. MYM family, get ready to train your mind with the mental skills coach of the century. (laughs) Oh my God, that's the greatest introduction I've ever heard in my life. No joke, I want to be you. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm a poet, you don't even know. Hey, you you and I share, we love creativity, bro. We love creativity, and we love art. We love uh, just being present and just creation. So what's up, man? That's the best, bro. I love it. Uh, I'm thankful to be here with you. Um, I genuinely love talking with you. So I feel like really just zoned in and here and open, you know, and you create that space, man. So thank you for that, for creating no, space. Feel safe, no, you know? No, straight love. So like, I think two years ago, I, I caught wind of your stuff. And I'm just, like I said, just a savage with like learning the mental game. I'm trying to find people that are not like theory-based. They're like action-based. And they're about being you know, real, raw, connecting. And when I think of like, you hold a space that's like two extremes where you are kind of this like rugged kind of urban feel, but this like vulnerable, open, compassion, uh, truth seeker, healer. And those two forces to me are so powerful. And we need more people like you uh, teaching this stuff. And like I said earlier, pre-show, we share the same mission making mental training normal and have this abundant mindset gifts or so welcome to the show grant 
<laughs> Thank you, man. I'm grateful to be here, Colin. And uh, dude, this is just super dope. And uh, just what, what can I say, man? Like, just no, here, 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 I want people to know your origin story. Your origin story is like so unique and so cool. So maybe give us where you got started, like as a kid, that upbringing. Yeah. And then, and then what, what has led you to this place? Man, so I, when I was a child, I remember being in grammar school. And I, there's something, I remember knowing like, oh, the most important thing is you love what you're doing in life. I think I walked into a teacher's lounge by accident and they just looked like they weren't having a good time. You know what I mean? Like I was like, oh shit, like what is going on in here? And something in my soul was like, make sure you do what you love in this life. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that like spark has always been inside of me of like, I'm going to fucking live life. I am going to let life live. And as I, as I go through life, you know, I went through a rough depression and anxiety as a teenager and started reaching out to get help and started learning to meditate and visualize and the power of compassion. And the woman who taught me this, like, this is like, she runs the San Francisco healing center. So these, she wasn't a woman who like made a high school basketball team or like played, you know, these are like hippies, man, like way deep healers, but it all resonated with me. And what I picked up, up when they taught me is fucking beyond it you know you know when you know i don't know if you ever had this experience you're walking into a competition or something and you already know you're gonna win and it's not even fucking close and i'm not even talking like this is a confident i believe in myself you're kind of humbled you're like i'm gonna fucking destroy everything like what do i do so i i felt haunted by what i knew i had this haunting that came into me that was like okay i've just been taught the way i've been taught it way deeper than trying to be number one or any of these fragile fucking things that existed. You know, we're like the, the angry dad making you sp- play sports or your angry coach who was like, it's all or nothing. And you're like, all they were breeding was fear. And so I was able to make the teams though that, you know what I mean? I can make a team and have that intensity, but at the same time, bring this light. And I would win with the light. That's how I would win. And I never knew how to brought it, bring it to the world because I was like, they're either going to laugh at me, they're going to kill me. I've always been so fucking terrified of what I know because what I've sent since is people that don't know this, they're fucking so scared. And if you come around someone and you know something they don't know, you know how most people, that's a threat to them. I, so I'm like, what do I do? How do I walk around in this world when most of the dudes in charge are so fucking fragile, they're so weak, they want to be number one so bad, I'm going to fucking dismantle them. That's going to dismantle everything that's in them. So what do I do? I have to come here and be the fucking bearer of bad news? So I always ask myself, well, take it to a competitive space. Take it to a place where people want to win and lose and then fucking bury them. And bury them and then teach them what the fuck you've been doing, which is sharing, loving, (laughs) compassion, joy, right? Right, right. all Mm -hmm. those things they were laughed at. But I was like, well, I'm going to fucking bury everybody. So I don't want to bury everybody. But for some reason, it's almost like they, they needed it. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I mean? I'll be like, why are they talking to me like this? Mm-hmm. Like someone would come up and say, you know, meditation is so soft. That shit is so weak. And I'd be like, oh, wow. Like, oh, shit. Like, you don't know. And I would sit there and listen to him knowing, like, you're not going to be here in 10 years. I'm going to just fucking mantle anything you do. And if we're competing, I'm going to fucking blow it the fuck away. Because I'm going to mm-hmm. walk it out, take my time. I'm not trying to be number one. I'm serving source. And I want to help you live in life. How the fuck are you going to stop that? And mm-hmm. I would tell people, you either tie me or you die. And they don't like that. People don't like that language, tie or die, right? They're like, no, that take, like, no, like, no, Graham, like, I need to win. I'm like, you've already lost it. 
If you're trying to do that, now you might get a couple of little wins. I'm talking about sustained fucking excellence. I'm talking mm -hmm. about decades of doing this. So mm -hmm. how did I get started, bro? I had a burden inside of me mm -hmm. where it was like, oh, fuck, I know something. No one wants this. Someone mentioned sports <laughs> psychology. They were like, even that has a stigma, but I was like, fuck it. I'll just launder this information through sports psychology. And I'll go through a JV basketball team and I'll just go there and I'll just start planting the seed. And you can teach X's and O's. I'm just going to teach being present and moving on to the next play. And we are going to fucking fuck you up. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say it like that, but I already knew what was going to happen. I'm like, you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen if someone's present and moves on to the next play and lets go of the obsession of results and lets go of that fucking cancer and gets into consciousness? You know what's going to happen if they can hoop a little bit? Oh, my God. Yeah, I know what happened. We won a state title admission. It's never happened in the history of San Francisco. Took this shit to the NBA. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I knew that was all going to happen. None of that, none of this work was vulnerable, bro. None of it. What I'm doing now, I'm making music and doing shows. This shit is hella vulnerable to me. Uh -huh. Because I knew if I took that conscious game and put it in a competitive environment, bro, I knew it was going to win. That's not like a risk. You know what I mean? That's just like, I can't believe no one else, like Phil Jackson or whoever. Like, um, so I've basically been hiding for decades because I'm so scared of people that don't know this. I feel like they're going to like attack me or something. I don't know where that comes from, but that's mm -hmm. just my little boyhood fear. I'm getting mm -hmm. through that. That's my spiritual mm -hmm. growth now. And mm -hmm. uh, so, so I'm, I'm done doing mental training per se with athletes and basketball. Like all that has passed. That, that time of my life has passed. And the growth now for me is um, doing it all in music. And putting it all into people can retain and memorize. Um, I, I do think mental training is normal now, bro. I think that is normal. Like, it's, it's everywhere. So now I'm like, okay, what's the fun way to do it? Um, so I started a talk show. And the talk show is not like a men talk show. It's just a fucking talk show. Where, because I don't want any limits, limits around me as far as, like, psychology or um, anything like that, right? I, I just... I feel like I've done my service for the last couple of decades, like kind of like being really graceful how I brought this along. Hey, for real, bro, I was super graceful how I brought this along. Um, I made up the words competitive collaboration, which is help fucking people on their way. Nobody calls me and helps me. I'm not saying you, but I mean like when I was coming up, people weren't like, Graham, I want to help you be successful. They would call and be like, how the fuck are you doing that? Kind of like low key, like what the fuck? How are you doing that? Not like, yeah, brother, like let me fucking help you keep rolling. Boom, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. None of them realized I never promoted myself. It was the media that promotes me. I don't fucking promote myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, no one, I'm like, take, yeah. take notes on what the fuck is happening. You know what I'm saying? When you're serving, people are going to say that you're serving because it's so powerful. But, so, but it's, I, it's also about value too, though. I mean, that's the yeah. way it works. If you bring value, you'll get asked to come back. Uh, we know that, bro. Like, mm. we, we know what we're teaching has more value mm. than anything. I was always nervous that people not teaching this level of value were going to lose their jobs. And I felt nervous about that. I, I, I may not be that competitive because I come into a space and I'm like, I know I'm going to, I know what I'm, what I'm teaching here is going. Like I know there's, I know, I just know it's going and it's deep. Um, what if someone is holding that space and they're not there? Is it my job to help them become aware? Do I do that like in a motherfucking way or do I do it gracefully? Um, because I've dismantled hell of fucking stigmas, right? I'm a killer, stone cold fucking killer. And I've always just tried to do it with grace. You know what I mean? That's why mm -hmm. I made up the words competitive collaboration. Half the people I was killing 
they were feeling joy come into them because I was killing limited shit inside of them that they didn't even know was limited. But I had to help dismantle that inside of them so they could see better and experience joy you know? mm. <laughs> and actually experience life instead of just mm. experiencing thinking. You know what I mean? Yeah, just- I, yeah, I think, listen to, again, I've tried to, like, again, a few years ago, I was kind of really deep diving in as many teachers as I could. And you're one of the teachers I really like, studied and learned from. And one thing I love that you help people do, regardless if you're an athlete or not, is you help poke holes in these false stories they create in, in their mind. You help reframe these lies that they um, think about themselves. But I, I want to go back and I want to help the audience understand, like, so when you were in that, you know, late 90s shout out to r&b late 90s let's go um what yeah uh i just i was trying to teach Tanner about the group 112 but anyway um <laughs> what 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 blocks did you have like, i think what well, you got injured right and your whole image was wrapped around i play basketball and then when yeah. that injury was taken away and you maybe didn't have the success when you're balling in college then you you felt lost yep yep maybe yep. give us a background on that like what you felt and then give it, I'm curious for the listeners, because I think want to connect, maybe they're in that space right now. Yeah. What did your teacher teach you to help you be, I guess, more woke or to yeah. see where, where, where you were to where this is the path? The, the, the awakening took place from awakening from what I thought was my journey, right? So like, oh, I'm going to college. I'm supposed to play basketball. I'm doing all this. I'm just forcing some agenda. I'm not awake at all right? There's no awake yet. I'm still forcing an ego path. This is a fourth grader trying to live out his dream, right? This isn't me serving something greater than me. This is me pushing an agenda. And by, the, by 19, I couldn't push that agenda anymore, right? It was so fucking heinous to push that agenda. I just collapsed. And then I, as I go see my teacher, she looks at me with more, like I'm in their wreck. I'm like, my life is over. My dream is over. It's all done. Of course, she knows in that moment, I'm about to discover what the dream actually is. So she knows this is actually what I've been looking for, to, to, to a humbling, finally having a humbling that derailed me from a fragile fucking thing that I was following. So my head is down. I'm like, it's all over. I'm a bad person or whatever. And I look up at her and she's in another dimension. And what I mean by that is she's not like, oh my God, you're okay. She's just sitting there in bliss. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if anyone's ever experienced that, but she's just sitting there in bliss. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, I'm supposed to go to that dimension. Wherever the fuck I am is a fucking nightmare. You know what I mean? How many people you know trying to fulfill what their father wants them to do or fulfill some fucking dream from the society has nothing to do with authentically what they want to do whatsoever. So she, in that moment, freed me from doing anything besides what was authentically being called for me to do, which was way beyond this head, was forcing an agenda, trying to get a GPA, trying to get into a UC, trying to get a good job, the trash, fucking trash. So I broke, I broke, reached out for help, and within that help, saw someone in a different dimension and realized I'm gonna work my ass off to get to that dimension. And then in that day, she was like, it starts with becoming present, and then did you know you have to practice being present? And then I felt horror that no one had fucking taught me about being present, and no one had taught me I have to practice. And I was like, the powers that be, you guys are suckers. And if you know about being president and you haven't taught it, you're really a fucking sucker. And if you don't know about being president, then your time is done. And I'm going to come dis fucking mantle your whole shit. Because how could I have been sabotaged and not been taught what power was? Not fear and emotional reactionary state, but how to be present, how to get past your emotions, how to realize you aren't what you do. You're way past what you do. 
I just saw a book the other day that said, you are what you do. And I was like, God damn, bro. We are so far fucking behind. You know what I mean? You're, that's not close to who you are. Um, so in that moment, when I was there at 19 and 1997, I just, that's when I woke up. But waking up is also different than doing the work. Waking up means you, you realize like going to a gym is good. Now, working out is beyond waking up. <laughs> so even if I woke up, I still had to fucking work and the work is miserable, right? Once you wake up, you're like, oh, I have to do what? Holy shit, I got to be fucking vulnerable every day? That's waking up? Oh, I don't want to do that shit. Like, that's it. Waking up is not, you, you read some words that say I woke up. It's training. It's fucking training every fucking day, which is so fucking intense, so terrifying. You're facing fears. You're, you're liberating yourself and feeling terror at the same time. So that's how you know you're in it. It's not that you just feel liberation and like nothing else. You have the ability to stand in these, this dichotomy of like these two things. One you probably are searching for and want. One you would never want. Why would you want terror? But terror and liberation occur in the same moment when you're doing work. Um, just like when you're lifting weights. If you're like, I just want to feel hella buff, but you don't want to feel your muscles burn. You're like, that ain't never going to fucking happen. So at 19, I realized what this was. It was training. And I, I, re I was like, am I down? Am I, and, I, and the answer was, I, yes, I was. And I, that was my job at that point on was simply to train and be present. And if I kept it day to day, it would tell me every day what to do. And that would really bother people with business plans and fucking whatever, whatever their like five-year plan. And I would look at them and I was like, they're fucking miserable though. I'm not listening to this person with a five-year plan. They're not even here. They're literally doing like math problems. Like they're still stuck in like a, a 3D world when this whole thing is clearly going 4D. Now, I don't know if, it, like, if anyone, I don't care if anyone believes that. That's how I operate. 3D would be like, you know, this is what I see. 4D would be operating from the unseen. You know what I mean? And you go from that, which clearly we all know exists. I'm talking on a little black box that shows me a fucking picture of you. There's no wires to you. There's nothing. How the fuck does that happen? So you don't need to see things for them to work, right? We all understand that. So there's a whole other dimension you can't see with these two eyes that exist. I just operate from that. And I've been aware of that since 19, willing to do the work, courageous to do the work, because uh, I fucked up everything in the human experience to win spiritually. And mm -hmm. yeah, if that makes sense, uh, mostly yeah. you mean like credit, money, savings, the shit that mm -hmm. just details everybody. Um, I just mm -hmm. like, I'm not, I'm not fucking with that. So that was my work karmically in this world. And I accept that shit, bro. It's intense as fuck every day though. I, I never know the comfort of conclusions. Um, I never know, like, oh, it's all done now. I'm like, oh, no, bro, it's fucking here I am today. And I'm not, like, alert in survival mode, but the more life you liberate inside of you, the intensity is so immense. And as you continue to liberate life inside of you, you can liberate as much as you want. You can become. You I know? love it. And, and can you give us listeners, on this, the purpose of this show is to give people tangible tools. And I know you have a philosophy on some pillars. You've written a book called called play present which which i own but uh maybe walk us through some of your like your like pillars if we want to be present yeah. be authentic be vulnerable maybe talk about that first i would say this before i get into like a really cute book answer my book is super cute and it all makes sense are you just down to get fucking super uncomfortable just start there like, stop. If you're fucking holding on to some fucking illusion, it's like, I'm supposed to always be comfortable. Everything's going to go my way. Don't listen to anything I say. You have to already want to fucking let go of all that shit. 
you have to want to get lost. You have to want to fucking fall right now. So for most people, honestly, Colin, they don't find this unless they're in a life or death situation. I'm, I'm inviting people right the fuck now. I'm giving you an invitation right now. I don't know if they're going to accept it. Most people are like, bro, that's scary. I, like, they're looking for a comfortable route into this. That's not accepting the invitation. Um, every human being is invited to this dimension. Very few accept the invitation because they either don't think they're worthy or the, or the feeling. They don't want to feel the feelings. So you have, to, you have to accept that you're worthy of this, which means you have to fucking let go of some super comfortable things. That's how you see your worth. So it doesn't matter if I tell you to focus on what you control and all that. Brother, you have to want to do this shit. And that's the part of me that I'm done beating around the bush. Like You have to fucking want this. And I'll be real. If 100 people I bring into a room, there's like five that are going to do it. That's been my experience. Five. 95 are going to go out and be like, nah. I'm going to victimize himself. Five are going to be like, fuck it. I'm going to fucking jump in. And as they jump in, they'll discover power. They'll discover manifestation. All the shit you were talking about, right? That's like me saying you want to build muscle, but you don't want to do the craziest shit lifting weights. Like, you're full of shit. Like, this whole thing comes down to how fuck can I feel weird? Can I feel uncomfortable? Can I let go of logic in my head? Um, so, do you want to do that, bro? Money I'm in. on the side? Do you I, want I, to do that? Like, see money told, in the house. Told, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just saying, I tell that to an athlete, like, stop yeah. fucking planning shit. Stop. I, to- I honestly feel like I was so miserable for a long time. I, I hid anxiety and depression. I hid fear of the outcome. I got my worth tied to an outcome. Mm. And, and part of my story I've shared on my, on my show, we, I, I used to stutter all the time. I, I still am not c- completely fluent, but I, but I did therapy. I did speech therapy. I went to Toastmasters for three years and would volunteer to put myself in front of people and just suck for a long time to just train my mind to be present. And just really the, the concept that really stuck with me is connection, not perfection. Mm-hmm. So we all mess up. No one's perfect. We all have something that we're kind of dealing with. So I would say I still have a lot of growth to do, but I think, I think, yeah, that number one to me as I'm processing it myself is you have to want it. And are you willing to do the work? Yeah. That's just and basically the work is going to require you to face your fears. So if you're like, cool, cool, I'll do it. But like, I need to have these four things that are super comfortable and I'll never mention. Those are the four fucking things we're going to go at, whatever those are. So if you're ready for that, then this is for you. If you're still like, uh-uh, like I'm going to hide all that. You have to want to open your heart up and get and do that. I, I don't know any other way, by, or you can almost die and realize it, just like George Mumford did. You can almost die. You can be a heroin addict. Of course, you'll make the choice to try it because you're going to die. If you're in a mediocre space right now where you're not close to death, honestly, this is like the worst place to be. Because And Graham, you, I think maybe you should tell people about George. Most people don't know who George is. Yeah, well, uh, George Mumford trained Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Phil Jackson. Uh, he learned mindfulness after being a heroin addict. Uh, he was dying in a gutter um, and then realized he should try to live. And so he met John Kabat-Zinn, John Kadam-Zinn, taught him mindfulness, helped him realize there was another way. And sure, George is a legend, you know, from that. But you, you don't need to be a fucking heroin addict is what I'm saying. So the reason I talk with this intensity now, because if you're listening to this, just kind of cruising, just kind of like trying to avoid things like fuck that, wake the fuck up. And then when you wake up, do the fucking work or you're going to live a, a really wonderful, mediocre life. And I'll say that again, a, a really wonderful, mediocre fucking life. Are you here to live a mediocre fucking life? You like it when I say that to you? Does that feel good? No, it should feel fucking awful. So get off and get into an adventure. 
and get into an adventure. And the more life you let come through you, the more risk you take because you have more abundance coming through you. And by risk, I don't mean physical danger. I just mean like fucking emotional shit, like facing, like you're like, oh my God, I'm just always worried about savings. So really, that's your fear? How many people you know with big savings account right now that are still fucking terrified? It doesn't mean a fucking thing, right? It's your ability to be a part of this adventure, be in this shit, figure out how this works and figure out the mechanics mm -hmm. of life. And you have to get out of your planning safe comfort zone. Um, so the people that have found it, Kobe Bryant airballed three times, right? When he was 19 years old in the playoffs, forced him to, 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 to come to failure, forced him to come face to face with that. Um, his teacher, right, was going to die. When I met Michael Jordan, fucking Michael Jordan, I shake his hand, looks me in the eye. He says, George Mumford saved my life. Saved my life. I'm like, who the fuck knows that? This is Mike, like almost teary-eyed, like, George saved my life, man. And I was like, holy shit, bro. Mike was heading for death until he found this shit, right? So, um, so hopefully this helps people wake up. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Graham. So, Graham. Okay. What if we have, oh, there is, you know, we'd say we have uh, a thousand listeners on the show. And, and 50 say I'm in. What, what would you say that the next step is? Uh, those other 950, what the fuck? Like you should be in too. Then I'll get back to the other 50. What the fuck? Why not you? Why don't you think you're worthy? I was talking, why don't you think you're worthy of this shit? Why don't you think you're strong enough to do this? Who the fuck told you that? Who the fuck says you're not worthy of this? And who the fuck said you're not strong enough? You fucking deserve this. You deserve all of this power. You deserve it. So the other 950, I would just, I would pause and be like, why don't you think you're worthy? I would make them answer that question. Like, why don't you think you're worthy of this? Because the only thing stopping you from getting this invitation is you don't think you're worthy. You're fully fucking capable. Everyone has the ability inside of them. You just have to show up and do it. So I would do yeah. that. Well, yeah. Okay. Here's, here's what I need though. Okay, go ahead. Keep going. Keep going. And I would go there and I would get the person to be vulnerable and get them to experience that vulnerability right in the now. Like, dude, stop running away from this. Um, then I would say it's okay though. Like come when you're ready. Right. I can't force anyone to do it. And the 50 that were ready. Um, we just start there. We just start right in this moment together. Right. And we just start thinking about our thoughts and emotions and we least start with this idea. I am not my thoughts and I am not my feelings. And we just fucking start there. That alone is going to open up a whole ball of fucking shit for people. Right. Cause they're like, most people identify with their thoughts. Like, no, I am what I think. Not even fucking close. Not even close. Even though there's power of thought. I have 50,000 thoughts a day. It's not who the fuck I am. That shit's just happening all the time. Half the thoughts are insane. That's not who I am. <laughs> That's not who I am, dude. I have a choice if I could gravitate to them when I align with them. So we just start there. And then we start seeking. We go, okay, every day we're going to seek. Every day we're going to keep seeking knowledge. And we're going to pursue truth the rest of our life. That's it. And we're probably never going to arrive. So is that cool? And we're going to do it till the day we die. And we're preparing to have a great death. That's what we're doing. Our whole life is preparing to have a fucking amazing death. And don't fear death, it's totally safe, but we wanna have a great death. And we wanna raise the vibration that comes through our bodies right now, that's our work. And we wanna be aware of all of our karma and all of our memory, because in your past lives, whatever you brought into this life, it's a memory, it'll help you be aware of what you have to work on. Right, we all have karma we come into. Like you might be different if you have a brother and sister, but you notice you're just astronomically fucking different than them even though you're from the same family and same shit. Everyone was born with different energy source inside of them that they have to deal with. If you can look at karma as kind of like weightlifting, it's gonna be pushing you in a direction, you'll feel a pull. If you can recognize I can go the opposite of that direction, you can use karma to gain strength. 
and you can free yourself from however many lifetimes it took for you to get to this lifetime where you're aware of the karma that's coming into you. Um, so don't forget about all that stuff. Be aware of all that stuff and work to enhance the energies that you have. Um, enhance the energies that you have in this life so you raise your vibration. Um, that's what I'm doing here. Is ra so whatever vibration you came into, see if you can raise it. See if you can raise your vibration, which means you cannot be a victim. Cannot do that, which eliminates 90% of an energy source that most people go with. Even if you're rightfully want to be a victim and everyone around you is a victim and you've been victimized for however many fucking years, it's not the highest source of power. Um, so that's what I'm doing here is just raising vibration. Yeah, um, that's it. That's it. So here, here's a, a sequence uh, to kind of, as we transition to kind of, I think people should know the story of your journey because you mentioned pre-show that you're kind of on this like new journey. Yeah. with like music and, and creating this message on a platform to with mantras and through sound, but maybe walk through the steps from coaching JV basketball to being the mindset coach to the top picks in the league <laughs> to working with the jazz and the heat, all those other people across the country yeah. now to starting a few businesses to where you are now, maybe give us that sequence. Yeah. So I would say this, none of that was logical. I wasn't like I had a business plan. It went like this. My mother said, you didn't have to worry about money. What are you doing tomorrow? That's how it started. And I was like, oh, I go help out a JV basketball team at Mission High School because my heart was like, yes, that was it. And then I said, I'm going to keep following my heart as it keeps pivoting through life because clearly I'm not going to love the same thing every day, right? Like I don't still love Legos like I did when I was six years old. And I'm not knocking someone who's, who loves Legos. I'm just saying for me, my... I always loved love, but what I was loving evolved. So I simply made the commitment, Colin, to serve love, to serve the greatest intelligence in my life. So I go to a JV basketball team, uh, making $1,500 a year, which is basically losing like $10,000 a year. And I'm just serving, teaching, uh, teaching fucking the mental game, happy as can be. Um, and then my heart says, go share this with everyone you can in the Bay Area. So I just start sharing it with everyone I can in the Bay Area. And I treat everyone with the most respect and most love. And who did I meet when he was 11? Aaron Gordon. It's not a fucking plan I had. I just treat everyone with love, following my heart. Little Aaron Gordon is like, hey, man, what the fuck are you talking about? This shit is dope. And I was like, okay, we'll just keep rolling along. By the time he was 13, I was his full-time mentor. By the time he was 15, you were like, this motherfucker's going to the NBA. So it wasn't like I got with an NBA player. I just got with my heart calling and then let go of all other plans and then just read my heart every day, right? So that's all I did. So by the time it gets to Aaron, then my heart is telling me, go work at basketball camps. Like, go fucking work at basketball camps and meet more kids. So I find my way into the NBA Top 100 camp. Uh, I worked there from 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. I get to work with Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Ben Simmons, Carl Towns, Zach Levine. You know, that's how you work with a bunch of number one picks. You keep following your heart. You find yourself at a basketball camp. All these fucking kids are like 16 years old. You say a few things to them, teach them a few things. That's all it is. A couple years later, they're number one picks. And you're like, oh, oh shit. I had no idea. You know what I mean? That's just how it goes. Um, then I write a book, Play Present, because I'm like, fuck, me and Aaron Gordon need a language to talk to each other in, dude. Like, this is hella real. We need a language that's not just like, don't panic, bro, which is what everyone says. So we, I wrote Play Present. It just downloaded straight from fucking God, because it was like, you have to take a language and get it to Aaron. I hate writing. I hate all that shit, but it just came through me. So I would like see this book in the air or in space and I forced myself to write it. 
Um, I write the book. Um, a company called Lucid Performance in San Francisco is an app that is building a tech company to build mental training. All they're looking for is content and a voice. They get connected to me through a sixth grade connection. Someone I went to school in sixth grade who I hadn't wow. talked to, who I hadn't talked to in like 15 years, 20 years. He goes, Graham, you got to meet this fucking dude named Jason Sturman. I don't know why. I'm like, I haven't heard from Tony Stubblebine for decades. I go meet Jason Sturman. It's lucid. And we sit there and he goes, oh, my God, I'm supposed to hire you. I go, okay. They buy, play, present. They acquire me. They acquire all that shit. Um, I go start making play, present, just serving, right? So here's me getting on a microphone. I start getting on a microphone and play, present. I mean, I train the mind. I get on a mic. I do thousands of recordings, thousands. So I get super fucking comfortable with the mic. So if you're wondering how the seed of music starts coming in, you never see where it's coming until you realize, damn, I'm hella nice in a studio, bro. I'm hella nice in a studio. And I'm hella nice on a microphone. And I, I say that because it's the fucking truth. And I've done it for years, so now I know it. It's not even like I'm like bragging. I'm like, oh, no, I know that because I've done it thousands of times. And so we, at the end of making Lucid, one of the workers at Lucid was like, all right, fuck it. If Lucid doesn't work, at least let's make an album. And the last thing we did at Lucid was made, we made an album called Unlock. And that was a 10-track album that I made with Frederick Alexander. And Aaron Gordon was there. It was way before Aaron Gordon touched the mic. The first time he touched the mic, we had him at Lucid practicing. He was a fucking stumbling through it. He was awful. Now Aaron Gordon's got rap songs out with like million hits on YouTube. You know what I mean? So Well, well you can go to Spotify and search Unlock Lucid right there. now. Oh, it's there. We, we, I just haven't told anyone. I, we've been so in the zone for no, so long. I, I found it. Like I said, I was, I was on that deep dive. I, I found it. Okay. Uh, so then I get a call from the Phoenix Suns. They're like, blah, blah, blah. We, we've read Play Present. Fucking amazing. So they're reading my book. They're like, hey, man, you want to do some work with Suns? I'm like, great. We start planning that out. I'm like, hey, the whole way it's failed in the NBA was everyone tries to rush real quick, come in. The person they bring in is super excited to be around NBA players. They shit their pants and fucking fuck the whole thing up. So I was like, if you want to hire me, I've been working with NBA players in a parallel universe without the NBA. So let me tell you how we're going to do it. We're going to take our time and we're going to give and we're going to give. We're going to give. We're not going to ask for anything in return. In the first year I'm there, I'm not going to say a fucking thing. I'm just going to stand on the court and hold space because I don't need anything from anyone. And we'll slowly attract them. They were like, you're fucking crazy. I'm like, how many times has this worked for you? They were like, never. And I was like, so you tell me who's crazy. So, so anyway. Hold on a second. Can, can I, okay, I want to pause the story and then we'll jump back on. Why has yeah. it not worked? Why has it not worked? Because everyone they brought in, it was the person's dream job. And they acted like a fucking child. And they would come in there and do stupid shit to try to be around NBA players. Uh, they would try to fit in. They would just be fools, bro. Like they would try to do psychology or some shit or like instead of bonding, instead of just bonding. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. they get their ass handed real quick or they would bring in like doctors and shit who had no idea how to connect with people who had no, like no, just, it was just asinine, bro. Like all fucking asinine. So I get calls all the time. People that want to be in the NBA all the fucking time. And I say, okay, go to a park near your house. Go get with the 13-year-old is good, and I'll see you in 10 years. They hate that answer, Colin. Then mm -hmm. I say, you don't, you don't want to be in the NBA. You just want to get famous. You, like, you just want to feel good every day and go brag mm -hmm. your friends at home that you're in the NBA. For you, yeah, to you actually be, yeah. for you to be effective in the NBA, you have to be way past that. You have to be astronomically past that, or else you'll just try to keep your job like a scared fuck in the NBA. And then you're not coaching nobody, bro. You're worthless because you can't coach yourself. So – by the time I got to the NBA, I didn't give a fuck about the NBA. And I mean that with love. That's, that's how I balled out in the NBA. 
it's like any player like if the nba like you can't be seeking permission at that level you have to already be grounded in something so fucking deep and trusted with your source because if you're trying to seek permission from other people you're gonna get you're fucked so mm-hmm. that's just my opinion all of this is my opinion this doesn't mean it's a truth this just means this is what i've noticed fucking fuck with it if you want be like graham's a dumbass if you want either way i don't give a fuck what you do do whatever you want with it i'm just telling you this is this has been my experience okay so, so how so how, how'd it work down in phoenix so it didn't dude got fired at phoenix uh not fired ended up taking a job at the jazz so he calls me at the jazz and it's like hey man you're still interested and i was like let's do it uh, and we take our time they we finally set up a plan for me to come out to utah i come out five days a month uh, with the first 12 months being i'm just going to be on the court i want to dress like everybody else and just be on the court and not say a fucking thing it'll be the most intense work i ever do because when everyone gets to the nba what do they want to do they want to prove how much they know right everybody everybody does that you have to go and, you have to get to that level with so much swagger with so much confidence that you have nothing to prove because <laughs> if you have something to prove that's a weakness right mm-hmm. and that'll be that'll be exploited that's your shit that's your fucking what does that have to do with helping out a player that's you wanting to prove yourself. So by the time I get there, I'd already had three number one draft picks. I've been working with Aaron Gordon for a decade. I don't need anything. I'm there to help them. You know what I'm saying? I'm there to fucking help them figure out how to do it. And so the first year we did nothing but me just stand there on the side of the court, hold space. Uh, I would literally just fucking stand there, dude. Just stand there. And the players would walk by. I'd just stand there. Coaches knew who I was. I was vibing with the staff and the coaches. But I was like, be cool with the players. By the start of year two, Jay Crowder walked up to me and Jay Crowder was like, bro, who are you, man? Like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and as soon as he said that, bro, I was like, show, showtime, <laughs> showtime. That's like, a, that's like an underhand pitch and I'm Barry Bonds in his prime, bro. I was like, bro, I'm about to hit this 600 fucking feet. I had Jay Crowder meditating on the court within three minutes of our first introduction. So he's on the court meditating in front of the whole staff. The GM walks up to me and it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what is this? And I was like, what have you been doing? Like, what the fuck have you been doing? Because this is just a human connection. I took a year to wait. By the time he comes up, I'm good in those five minutes. I'm not going to tell you what he asked me, but I was good in those five minutes. I mean, really fucking good. So when he got real and asked me some real shit, I was so dialed in, so there. And he was like, oh, let's go. And I was like, let's meditate right here. Boom, he's on the ground. We're meditating through it. He gets up, dap, dap, we're out. You know what I mean? And then that's it. And then the GM was like, oh, my God. Like, what was that? And I was like, that's called the work, bro. That's what it looks like. <laughs> so mm-hmm. fast forward with them there. I realized, okay, my role is to help them see how to do this work. Um, another example, I'm on the side of the court. Now I'm talking to players. It's year two. I'm talking to them. And um, the GM is next to me. He goes, okay, Graham, know your role. Like, make sure you don't ever get in a drill. You know what I mean? And I know why he's saying that because people have tried to get in drills before and they just do the stupidest shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've been in, in basketball drills doing mental training for 15 years before I got to the jazz. So I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And as soon as he was done talking, I walk right onto the court, right? I walk immediately on the court and I get into a drill and I start kicking out passes to Derek mm-hmm. Favors, who's taking shots in the corner. And mm-hmm. I just start helping him. Say, so instead of counting to five, which most, you know, make five shots, then move on. I just said, count to one every time. And let someone tell you when you made five in a row, but let go of trying to count. And he was like, oh, then he makes five in a row, moves on. I walk back to the GM and the GM is like, damn, Graham, like my old mindset is holding me back, man. And I was like, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. So my point was, by the time I'm at the NBA, 
They're telling me what not to do and I'm blatantly doing it in front of them and I'm helping them expand their mind. So after like going on the court and, sh and I showed him how to do it, he came and he said, oh, my old mindset's holding me back. I couldn't just yell at him and say your old mindset is holding you back. You actually have to show that to someone. So by the time I got to the NBA, I already knew all that. If I wasn't there and the person paying you was telling you not to do something, I'd say most people don't do that thing, right? Most people, even if what they're saying is a non-truth, the fear of that will, and then you can't coach at that level. So by the time I made the NBA, you, like to make it there, you have to be in that space or else you'll immediately just start clinging to your job. And as soon as you start clinging to your job, you're basically in fear, right? You're, you're just like, you're not coaching anyone. You're trying to protect your job. So um, I got out of the NBA in a couple of years. I wanted to be back home with my family. Uh, it was a great, great experience for me. It was, you know, it was clearly on the path. But my heart two years in was like, I'm out of here, man. So once again, how did I leave the NBA? My heart. That's how I came into it, my heart. You know, um, and then it, it kind of fast forwards to now. I realized, okay, I did an album in 2017. It just started coming to me that music was how I'm supposed to reach people. It's music, it's music, it's music, it's music. And so I just committed to it. And I have a full-time producer I work with now. Um, we've already got three songs almost done. Uh, our goal is to have 10 to 12 songs done by next summer, summer another full album. And I'm bringing on athletes who are now musicians. So it's like our, we're doing a song and we're going to have Aaron Gordon be an MC. There's another athlete, a uh, gentleman named Moe, a musician who I work with. Um, I'm just, the people who are coming on now to do music are just the people I've been with for years. So it's just a natural progression. None of this calling did I have a plan for 20 years ago. The only plan I had was surrender and serve source, follow my heart, and see what happens that's the because i cannot explain how all this shit happened you know what i mean because it's way too complex but once i just tapped into following my heart and source and having the devotion to stick with that during the hellish fucking times the hellish mm. hellish hell 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 mm. of, of, of transforming yourself to a higher vibration um yeah man it, it just keeps unfolding so it. right now it's just just where it's at and in a couple of years it might be different i don't know I don't know where it's going to be, but I'll keep serving it, you know. I love it. I, 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 I love your journey, man, of just surrendering, uh, listening, serving. And, you know, I, I get to jump on calls with people, you know, that I respect, that are well-known. And I remember our first conversation was so genuine, was so sincere, was so real. So just from that perspective, I just value your heart and uh, your, your vision of service, of love, of growth. And I think if more people could just um, – be present and not try to map out every single step of their life, but just listen and be aware and like use what you have. Like use that thing inside of you that is very different, but use that to give you energy, but to give energy to others. So I just appreciate that um, so much. And I can't wait for the album to drop. If you need a guest MC, holla at your boy. Uh, uh, T Money. <laughs> I will. T Money. I will. So we got T Money is a captain of the, of the golf team, Piaup High School. Okay. I want T Money to to ask a question, you know, to help him yeah. crush it this year, senior in high school. Let's go. Okay. Um, we we don't know what's going to happen with obviously quarantine, COVID, very unique times right now being in school. But T Money, what you got a, a question for Graham? Uh, yeah. So I think you towards the beginning you were just kind of talking about like getting uncomfortable like how did you 
like how did you come to that realization or I guess how did you get comfortable being uncomfortable because I think that's a huge thing that we need to normalize and, and people need to understand but I think how how did you get yourself to just say okay screw it here we are um by trying to remain comfortable basically realizing how miserable that was uh-huh. you know um and then just wanting to grow and wanting to be successful in life yeah. so i'm just i'm just telling you you have to get uncomfortable to be yeah. successful so you just make the decision okay. you just make the decision okay i'm willing to do it and then once you realize being vulnerable is how you grow let's go seek out some vulnerable situations man so yeah. what would be vulnerable for you what would be what, 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 what would what would be a situation that feels kind of vulnerable for you but something that might be uncomfortable, but, but deep down, you know, it might be good for you to do. What would that be in your life right now? Reach, reaching out, Colin and I were talking about this right before you jumped on, but reaching out to some people on my team and trying to lead, lead the group through some mental work for our team. So are you willing to do that? Yeah. Are you in any physical danger doing that whatsoever? Any, so any fear you feel is not based in a physical realm. Are yeah. you willing to feel that fear and do it anyway? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you realize you're not in danger or do you think yeah. it's like, you're, like something to avoid or do you actually do? I'm being real. Like if you think yeah, it's, something no, to avoid, sure. tell- it's just the, the fear of, I think it's the fear of being embarrassed really. Okay. So, so let, let me, let's just embarrass you right now. Just so you can get over that shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's go get so if your ultimate fear is being embarrassed you need to go get embarrassed yeah. you need to go embarrass yourself on purpose so what's the most embarrassing thing you can fucking do I'll help you out a little bit when I first realized this I, I realized it was stand up comedy the most mm-hmm. embarrassing thing I had to do was bomb at comedy uh-huh. so I went and paid I paid a bunch of money to go do a comedy show and bomb and yeah. brother I bombed I bombed <laughs> and, and you know what I got after that confidence bro yeah, like real confidence sure. because I, I'm okay. I'm okay being embarrassed, but yeah. I'm not okay. Not, I'm not okay not showing up and being vulnerable. That's not yeah. okay. Yep. So, so once you realize that, if you're willing, you just go, okay, what's it? Uh, let, let me just go. Let me go try to lead the fucking team through mental training. Mm-hmm. And it has, it doesn't matter what happens when you lead the team through mental training. So you might get everyone organized, have a topic, you get it all on zoom and then like nobody shows up. Right. They're all just yeah. like, fuck you, team money. That it doesn't matter. You still yeah. and then still deliver the talk to nobody. Deliver yeah. the whole talk, and then when you're done, you go, "I did it. I just did the thing." Yeah. Don't don't care about the result of doing the thing. Just do the fucking thing, yeah. and then be willing to do that every single day. Right. Yeah. Be willing to put. Tanner, can, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, Graham just froze. Yeah. See if see if he can come back. Well, Team Money, you got a challenge now, bro. Yeah, I know. I was there's really good. no going. There's really no going back. Like he no. said, are you in physical danger? No. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're about to wrap up. I'll just message Graham and see um, what we got. But uh, um. That was good stuff. That was really maybe he could, yeah, maybe he can jump back on. But uh ladies and gentlemen, we have a uh, technical difficulties. Uh <clears throat> that's live live recording using the internet. Maybe Graham will, will jump back on. But uh a lot of lot of fire there, man. 
a lot of uh, really a lot of truths, a lot of yeah, truths. Absolutely, um, there's a, a lot of uh, passion um, in how how Graham speaks. Um, but guys, we we care about you. I hopefully you got inspired today. Um, and I'm just gonna text Graham real quick. And maybe <clears throat> this is a challenge for you listeners. What's the, what's one thing you kind of want to do, but you're not doing? Yeah. Due to fear. I mean, are you in physical danger or is your ego and pride in danger? That's kind of like the, the big thing. Um, so we're just going to pause for a count and we'll see if, if Graham gets, uh, gets, gets back on. So we can just wait, T Money. Might, might might wait a minute. If you want to just let's give let's give T Money one last and then really this is we're coaching people listening. This is we're talking to you too, if you're listening to this still. Hell yeah. So what what so T Money, you got your small group. Yep. And and Graham was challenging you. Are you really in physical danger? Probably not, but your ego and pride kind of is. Yeah. So I love the thought. If if no one shows up, which I know someone will, do it anyway. Yeah. And and just practice. If you're going to lead a small group, I mean, this is where growth happens. And yeah. it might feel weird at first, but every time you do it, you're going to build strength. You're going to be more clear. You're going to build, you know, more uh, courage. You know. So, Graham, any any lasting yep. comments on the top before we kind of wrap up? I would say this: judge yourself on your willingness to serve that voice. Yeah. So if team money, if you go and plan it all out clearly you're being called to do it you can hear it it feels vulnerable it's kind of scary that's exactly what you should do yeah judge yourself on did you do it don't judge yourself on the result of doing it that's where everyone gets fucked up just judge yourself on did i do it and then are you willing to do it again when you hear the voice again and your life becomes a lot easier when you just listen to that deep voice it'll yeah. tell you what to do. when it all works out you're gonna have to go through all your fears but do you want to go through life like avoiding fear or do you want to feel liberated? You actually want to experience life without avoiding life. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? So it's, it's up to you. Like I said, you have an invitation. If you accept the invitation, you're going to do the vulnerable work. A lot of times too, the people who accept the invitation, sometimes it can feel lonely accepting the invitation because 12 people around you don't accept the invitation. Yeah. So don't settle for that. You have to be willing to like go on this courageous journey. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I would say this, this is my thought. Most people want to be led. They, they are not bold enough to, 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 to call the action, to, to do the action and to, to create a plan. They want to just show up. So I think if you, if you set the thing in motion, if you talk about the benefits and if you get vulnerable yourself, you're like, wow, I feel the same way. I know what someone else felt that way. I think that's going to be a huge resource for you. But uh, Graham, as we wrap yeah. up, man, any, you know, if you had to give, you know, a final message for people to understand, to learn, to know about, just your basic truth. If you had a microphone that you can, and you have like 30 seconds to a minute to, to share your heart to the world. It was the I, last I, thing people, it's the last thing people would ever hear coming out of your mouth aside from I love my wife and kids. What, <laughs> what would you share? Be willing to liberate the life inside of you. Be willing to experience all the dimensions of life. Be willing to work on your emotional intelligence and be willing to, to train your emotions and manage all that stuff so you can get to your deepest intelligence and listen to that deep voice. It has the most epic journey for you. 
and you're going to have to hear it through the madness of fear, reaction, noise, but listen to that deep voice. Fuck your plan and tap into that deeper plan and become number two. And when you can hear really good, it'll, it'll like when you ask my plan, like most mental coaches, right? They were like, oh, Graham's got, got a dream career, right? You named like I got a book, the NBA, all this stuff. I'm like, I didn't do any of that. All I did was listen and show up. If it was my plan, I would have fucked it all up. So listen, show up, and enjoy the adventure of life. Yeah, and uh, all in with this, I love uh, you sent me, um, you did a, a keynote to like a big company I thought was pretty cool. And one of the, my favorite things you said is, yeah, I have a decent resume I'm proud of. <laughs> but my resume of failures is way more impressive. <laughs> so, so celebrate the failures because that's the growth. That's where all the, all the good stuff lives is when you when you show up and doesn't go as planned but so what you you showed up and you were there and now it's a chance to learn so graham what, what what's that yeah you want no, i was just gonna, ask, what, I was yeah. gonna say one thing just the idea that people have these plans they have to stick to that derails a lot of people you have to have the courage to read the plan that's like an athlete saying i have to have it work like this this and this it's like well you're gonna be terrible at sports because that's not flow at all it's find the harmony in life mm. find the flow this generation coming up right now, they so desperately want someone to tell them what to do. They do. Because it just seems like it'd be way more comfortable. They have to have the courage to figure out themselves what to do. Why do you think we're in such disarray right now as a country? Everyone's looking from the outside. Nobody knows what's stability. No one knows how to find the answer inside. So media might come from this way, this way, this way, that way. And people are spinning. If you're right inside, that shit on the outside can't spin you at all. But you have to be connected to your own anchor your own sale so you don't get pulled every which way. So I would say this generation, as much as you desperately want to be told what to do, you have to look within and you will find it. And that's way more scary because it's way easier just to let someone else tell you what to do, but that ain't it. It's not well, I, think, I think that's the point, T-Money, is, is that they don't know what to do. So at least show them the path. Now that you're here, this first lesson, now the goal is to just yeah. to trust your heart and not, have, not, not, not be a sheep. I would say this, Colin, all of them hear their heart. They just maybe haven't, just stop it if you say you don't hear your heart. You're full of shit. I know you hear it. You might just think like it's impossible to make a living doing that or something. That's what mm -hmm. you go challenge. Everyone yeah. hears their heart. They just don't know that that's the, yeah. that's the deepest intelligence they have. Yeah. Everyone hears it. They may think, yeah. oh, but it's lame. I, I just want to bake muffins all day for a living. Then fucking do it. Do it. But you got to stick with it for 10 years. Like You have to like stick with it. But if it's calling you, do it. Because mm -hmm. it's way smarter than your logical plan that says go to school for a job or something. It's it's that kind of knowledge action gap. Like there's the, the gap in between his mindset. So so train your mind. So Graham, where where can we find you, man? Oh man. Well, first of all, if this stuff, if you want to train, I, I started a company called Train the Mind. So Train the Mind is there for people to do this kind of work. I brought on a bunch of other coaches. It's a place you can get your reps, right? Because this is all repetition. This is learning and learning and learning. So check out trainthemind.com. Um, I got grahambetchart.com. You can check that out. Uh, I'm going to be releasing a docu-series soon called Moving Minds, kind of the story of me and Aaron Gordon. So that'll come out soon. And then Graham the Guide is like my music name. This is like my new persona that like 2020 I've become is Graham the Guide. So we're going to start releasing our first song in September. And we're going to start releasing a song every month starting September 1st. And the songs are designed to sound cool, hopefully, and also have a cool message that helps teach and ingrain the stuff deep inside of you at the same time. 
Powerful. Well, Graham, yeah. super grateful for you. Super uh, excited for what, what's ahead for you and uh, T-Money. You know what to do. The body has limits. But the mind is limitless. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh, you know, my, oh, you know, my, oh, you know, my, oh, you know, my.